All right, welcome to 2018. Anybody here for the first time? No. Pardon me? First time in 2000. Good point. Wow, there's somebody. You had a couple cups of coffee this morning, didn't you? Awesome. All righty, so I am Patrick Cameron. I'm the spiritual director here at the Center for Spiritual Living Edmonton. And it's my delight to uh, roll out 2018 with you. We're doing, as, as the announcements uh, illustrated, we're doing two different lessons each week. So I, I'm used to just having my notes here and all set. And then I told Steve as the song was going on, ah, I got to go get my other notes. So it's all new behavior for me too. All is well. <sighs> so what I'm going to invite you to do in this moment is just uh, notice your lungs taking air in, in and out. Just relax in this moment. Nothing to fix. Nothing to uh, solve. So let's drop into 30 seconds of silence while we're noticing our physical sensations. Feel your way into this moment. Let the mind quiet as we drop into 30 seconds of silence. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So know with me as we come together in this container of the sacred Sacred because we allow it to be. And something comes alive in us. And it's when we sense our way into our physical body, it quiets the mind. It's a meditation. And so what I know in this moment and invite you to know with me, to step into the energetic agreement that there's one life, that life is perfect, that life is spirit, that life is source, and that life is my life now. Speaking in the I am for each person here. And so I know that the questions that are before me are answered appropriately. What is, I work with the question this day, what is trying to emerge in my life, in my family, in my community, in the world? What is seeking expression here and now? And so I give thanks. I give thanks this day for the power and the potency of and the infinite intelligence and the divine genius that lives within each and every person. No respecter of personality, but available across the board to all. 
And so we come together today to partner, to settle in, to understand the deeper mystery, because there is no mystery, to celebrate its simplicity and to allow its experience to be our experience, to stand in that divine co-creation. So I just give thanks this day for all the blessings that allow us to be together, for a, a spectacular moment. This moment is the only moment we have. Forgive, I give thanks for this. I release these words in great gratitude for understanding and affirming and unifying is enough, and the rest will unfold as is appropriate. For this I know and give thanks for, and together we say, and so it is. Good morning, Joseph. Welcome. Joseph made it today. He's one of our practitioner interns. If you're looking for prayer support after service, I know Joseph's here and Linda Wolf is here with us. Arnie Polson and Johnny Ezekiel's here. And, uh, and, my, and Sue, Sue Edwards, but Sue's usually running around. She helps keep the Sunday service going. But there's a number of people here, a number of trained practitioners that if you're interested in, in having some partner with you in a new possibility in confidentiality and, and joy, um, you could seek one of those people out. So what, oh, before we get into that, I want to on-ramp some things here for you. So first of all, I'd like it's pe- people all have their name badges on for the most part? Who doesn't have their name badge on? Okay. All right. So Corey, Crystal, Joan, who else? Oh, I can't do all the names. Thanks, guys. So we're just working on this name badge thing. But what I want you to do is turn to your neighbor, and uh, be, they should have their name badge on. If they don't, then you'll have to just gaze. My, my name is Patrick, and if you don't know me, you're in big trouble, all right? Mine is sewn into my underwear so I don't lose it. All right, so just say hello. All right. Dave and Marcella, were you able to say hello to one another? <laughs> all right, now we're going to get up, and we're going to meet somebody we don't know. Let's go over and meet somebody we know. Mel, good morning. I'm Patrick. Thank you. Callie, nice to meet you. Good morning, sir. Awesome. Good morning. Say, happy 2018. I'm so glad you're here. You are awesome. Good morning. Where's your name badge? Good morning, Jeff. That's it, Asia? Good morning. Good morning. All right. Beautiful. So the other thing we've got going this year, we have these notebooks up here because you're going to want to take some notes, especially this session. And they're a toonie. We put them up. If you don't have a toonie, you can put a toonie in next week or I can loan you a toonie this week. There's notebooks up here. We sold, we've got 100. We've got about 40 left from the first service. We sold a lot of them. You're going to want to take some notes, write things down because I've got a lot of things that are going to get stir some creativity and opportunity for you. So they're right here. And we actually have a whole basket full of... of um, golf. Golf pencil in. Hey, Barbie Lee put an extra toonie in for you, so she's buying you one, and I'll just, yeah. I'll just model her behavior and do the same thing. So somebody else who doesn't have a toonie is already covered now. All right. That's great. We got seven people taking notes this session. Awesome. Right on. Spot on. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. So here's what, here's what I want you to do to think about this journal. This, and I want you to bring it every week. If you forget, it's okay. We're going to have all these sessions uh, 
recorded. So we're doing the first session on the basics. It was really a wonderful uh, uh, talk earlier, if I don't uh, say, say so myself. Uh, and, and, and so it's the, the foundational pieces. We did the first chapter in the Science of Mind textbook to give you an idea. And uh, really wonderful energy, really well received. And now we're going to talk about another opportunity right there, transforming life through the power of vision. So one of our themes for the second service will be transforming lives, because that's why we're here, through the power of, and it'll be a certain quality, as we mentioned, through the power of vision. And today is about goals and dreams. And I have this beautiful, on the next slide, I'll show you this amazing book. There it is. It's Where Will You Be Five Years From Today? It's called Five. The reason that I don't want you to buy the book is it's a little book. It's right here, as a matter of fact. And um, you don't need to, okay? I'm going to give you just about every piece I can out of this little book. Where will you be five years from today? This book retails for about $60. So I know that getting it in the bookstore and reselling it probably is not a great strategy. So I'm just letting you know you don't need a whole book. But this is some of the things that, that inspire this. And it's really wonderful stuff that I'm going to spend the next 25 minutes sharing with you. Awesome. See, you got a free pencil with that, too. Here we go. So, transforming lives to the power of vision, your goals and dreams. So there's three things that I want to talk about today. The first one is 260 weeks, 1,820 days, 2,628,000 minutes. That's the next five years. Values and foundational questions. Those three are the three areas we're going to talk about today. So 260 weeks, 1,820 days, 2,620,000 minutes. What will you do with it? What will you do with it and what could you do with it? So just to stir the pot a little bit, start thinking about that. What will, what will you do with it? What could you do with it? So I want to read this to you before we put up the next slide. This is really, it's a fun little book. In five years, Columbus opened up a whole new world by discovering the Bahamas, Cuba, Hispaniola, and North and South America. So that's what he did in five years. In just under five years, Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel. In less than five years, Shakespeare wrote Hamlet, Othello, King Lear, Macbeth, and five other immortal plays. Five years. Busy guy. In 1961, Julia Child graduated from cooking school with a quirky idea for a TV show. Four years later, she won an Emmy as America's favorite TV chef. Fired from their home, I love this one, fired from their home improvement jobs, Arthur Blank and Bernie Marcus created a business model called Home Depot and went public with their idea. Three years later, after losing their jobs, their annual salaries were $1 billion. At age 30, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos was living in a 500-square-foot apartment. Five years later, his net worth was $10 billion. So what do these folks know that we don't know? So as H. Jackson Brown said on this next slide here, I think that's it. Don't say you don't have enough time. You have exactly the same number of hours per day that were given to Helen Keller, Luis Pasteur, Michelangelo, Mother Teresa, Leonardo da Vinci, Thomas Jefferson, and... Albert Einstein. All have an equal amount of time, each and every one of us. So what's the difference? What makes up that difference? The best day of your life 
And then I'll get into values. The best day of your life is the day on which you decide your life is your own, that you take responsibility. We're a teaching of responsibility. No one can live our lives for us. No one can do our healing for us. No, can, no one can improve the conditions of our lives unless the consciousness is there to improve the conditions. And so we, we, we're in this world of cause and effect, this time-space continuum. And it is possible to shift and change that, but it requires our effort and our energy and understanding what our opportunity is. The gift of life is yours. It is an amazing journey, and you alone are responsible for the quality of it. Life is about the choices you make. So let's choose wisely. Start by choosing the two most important guiding stars, your values and your mission. So I'm going to touch on values, and then next week we're going to help flush out a mission. Everybody needs a mission. We're trying out a new mission here, Transforming Lives. We had a discussion, we're working with Dr. Gary Simmons on this, this mission-centric ministry. We're just starting to, uh, to introduce it. And he said, try out Transforming Lives. And at the end of the day, we're trying it out. We may decide in six more months there's something else we should be here about. But right now it's transforming lives. And so to, trans- to have our lives transformed, it means we have to shift and change patterns and ways of being and thinking that perhaps no longer serve us. And so, as I said, we're going to look at values today and the next week we're going to start writing out, we're going to help coach you on writing your mission statement and some of the pieces that go to that. And, and at the end of this, I'm going to share some statistics with you that I think will really impress you why it's important that we write these things down. So one of the things I did share to repeat an important message, I won't repeat it the same way in the first service, is that, that um, there's a phenomenon going on, and it's the depression of young people on the planet, millennials especially. Never seen so much depression before. And they're doing studies now, and they realize that what, what has contributed to this is this idea of, I've got the notes here, I might as well read them uh, to you. So let me back up a little bit. At job interviews, many times a question will be asked, what is your biggest weakness? And so it's a horrible question to respond to on the spot. One of the reasons they ask it, to see how you are on your, on your, uh, um, on your toes. So as it says here, sometimes it takes, uh, so sometimes the answer, people would never answer. Sometimes it takes me more than two hours to stop looking at my phone and get dressed after a shower. Probably not an answer they're going to share. as their biggest weakness. Or I spend my free time constructing elaborate revenge fantasies. Probably not another good answer that you're going to share. But the, the cheat answer of choice, the panicky, picks, the panicky pick that puts you in a better light than the truth might is along the lines of, my biggest failure is I'm a perfectionist. Which is like, oh my gosh. So, so oh, I'm glad they got the values uh, script up there because you can copy those down while I'm talking. So this idea of, well, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. Oh, well, Corey's a perfectionist. That means she will stay well past to work, work hours to get her project done. That's the kind of, of imperfection we want here, right? But the problem is, so uh, when Facebook launched, students were the perfect customers because they were desperate for the validation it offered. Desperate for validation and approval. Anybody ever felt like that? Yeah. So they know that. Whatever, if you're a millennial, broadly defined as the age is 18 to 35, and I know that makes up a, a pretty good demographic that's here, there's a good chance that perfectionism really is your biggest weakness, per, this idea of perfectionism. 
A study published by Thomas Curran and Andrew Hill found the majority of respondents were experiencing multidimensional perfectionism, or the pressure to meet increasingly high standards measured by a widening collection of metrics. The study linked this with the growing number of cases of mental illness among people in their 20s, including eating disorders, anxiety, and depression. Perfectionism is a weakness. It's making us ill. So I want to talk about this a bit because there's a misconception around this and that the first, I use this as the core of the first chapter of the Science of Mind textbook because what we teach is the idea that all of us are perfect. It's not something we acquire, it's something we reveal. It's something that we can't, we can't manipulate to uh, obtain, but what we can do is allow it to be who and what we are. In other words, and the, and the goal is, the objective is, is to love ourselves just the way we are, right where we are. I just finished an article for the Science of Mind magazine. I write for the circulation article twice a year. And in it, I talked about this very idea that we have to love ourselves as we are, right where we are. To, in, to integrate wholeness. <clears throat> and when we can integrate wholeness, then we, we take those parts of ourselves that we are not proud of, that we don't like, and we give them a place within ourselves because that's the perfection of what we are as well. And they are a gift as well. See, that's what resilience gets you. This journey, this is not an easy journey, this spiritual journey. Because it requires resilience. Because it's all about let's love one another. And then, you know, the wind spear. What a great teacher for me. We did the wind spear twice. And it was beautiful, wonderful. Every time we did it was great. Fabulous. We had, I don't know, 1,100 people at the first Easter. We did it twice, two Easter's. And every time we did it, the musicians would just go off the rails. Their feelings would get hurt. And so instead of celebrating what we achieved together, it was all about the personalities and, the, and, and what it was was the wounds getting touched. We didn't install the wounds, but the wounds get, get touched. And, then the, and so what the, would happen is then people would leave because their feelings got hurt. I'm going to tell you something. If you live this life, your feelings are going to get hurt. You're going to get disappointed. And to have the resilience and the ability to ask the questions of yourself and others, to, to move into it rather than push it away, because it doesn't reflect what we think our fantasy of perfection will be or what life should be. Well, I'm a loving person. I should just receive love all the time. Well, it doesn't work that way. Do your, but if you bring your best, so what I'm saying is we're already perfect, just the way we are. Is there room for development and growth? Of course, that's based on the, what we're going to talk about here in a moment. But the point is to accept and love ourselves. That's why we're doing the Q process over and over again. To integrate all of it, to live in wholeness. When I was doing the research for the first chapter, wholeness. Holmes talks about it right in the first chapter. And wholeness is the totality of ourselves. So this idea and the pressure that we're putting on. And so Facebook, people post, as they say in this article, people post the ideal look. Here I am being spectacular and wonderful. I'm on the beach in Tahiti in my bathing suit, tanned and trim as I Photoshop myself or whatever I'm doing. I'm always posting the winds and the, oh, look at me and look at me, how great I am. And what it's done is it puts pressure on all of us. It's this false reality that, that we don't measure up because we're not, we're not the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start posting some of the, just some of the, my yeah, absolute failures on Facebook and we'll counterbalance this a bit. Because that's our humanity, and to love all of it, and to welcome all of it, and realize, hey, I'm a work in progress. Thank you so much. Keep praying for me. I've used that line many times with people when they come up and want to do my agenda for me. Thank you for pointing out my flaws. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Keep praying for me. I'm a work in progress. 
I can't wait to see how this turns out. I'm all for transformation. But it's, so the point is, is that as I give you these things, I wanted to use that. As I give you these things, don't let this be pressure. Let this be an inspiration. Play with these ideas. You've got the rest of your life to get this right. You can't get this wrong. So there's some of the values up there. There's family, friendship, health, wealth, learning, sustainability, career, community, faith, integrity, art, free time, creativity, adventure, and love. There's some categories. Mm-hmm. If you think of another one, let me know. Pardon me? M-U-S. Oh, fun. Okay, fun. Sorry. Sorry, Richard. There's a lot of wax in my ears today. It's been cold. So here's a guy that you know. You may not know what he looks like. He said this. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can start yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you're the only one who'll decide where to go. That's that great philosopher, Dr. Seuss. There he is. Great quote, isn't it? So foundational ideas that identify your values. What are the three things that you like most and least about yourself? What are the three things you like most? What are the three things you like least? Anybody want to share the ones you like most? Fun. The ability to hold my breath for long periods of time underwater. The ability to enjoy the service? Freedom. Yeah. Well, that's the theme in the first chapter of the Science of Mind textbook. We are teaching of freedom. And we all long for it because we're tripwired for it. We're inherently connected to it. The next one is who is the happiest person I know? I'll leave these up here after we'll talk about it a little bit. And who are the two people I like and respect the most and why? And who am I? See why I want you to have a journal? You may want to write these down. You might want to take a picture. They'll be on the recording as well if you want to re-listen to it on our podcast or you can buy a CD in the bookstore. They're $5. It's a bargain. Anybody have any answers they want to shout out about that? Who's the happiest person you know? Namaste. Awesome. Awesome. Yourself. Good for you. Awesome. So if you know Joan Goodrow, you know one of the happiest people on the planet. If you know the Sadhguru, there you go. But you all know somebody that we connect with. And so the next slide is, what are your top five values? What are your top five values? What's important to you? It's a shortcut to identifying your top five goals in life. So what do you value? Wonderful quote by Oscar Wilde. He's a man who knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing. Good old Oscar got in a little bit of trouble along the way. Brilliant man. What are your top five values? There's another slide that's got a list of five on the left. 
The next one. My top values are one, two, three, four, five. Your top five values. So you don't have to write them down now, but you got them. Work with them. Work with them throughout the week. You know, this, this whole idea of, of consciousness, which is what we teach here. We teach consciousness and spirituality. And the, the challenge is, is we teach, and so we have our classes, and we teach our classes, and we encourage people to participate and step in and do inquiry, and the classes are wonderful because there's a consciousness involved with the classes and upon the, the material we use. But the, the intellect can only take us so far. So before the holidays, I talked about awake awareness, this idea of awake awareness. And awake awareness, one of the practices I gave you was to ask yourself the question, open-ended question, what would be here, what's here now when there's no problem to solve? What's here now when there's no problem to solve? Which is another way of saying, I just watched Dr. Michael Beck with the other day, saying, what, what is trying to emerge? And when we live in the open-ended questions, or we have open-ended questions that we work with, it quiets the mind. And it becomes a doorway for information to flood in because to try and experience a state of awake awareness, which is simply a westernized word for a Tibetan practice that I haven't memorized yet, but it's a state of awareness that is a doorway into unconditional loving awareness. But awake awareness, the only way you can discover and experience awake awareness is through the consciousness of awake awareness. So in other words, your mind can't get you there. And so we stumble on it at times, but it's actually, we're actually uh, capable of developing it. So when you're in these questions, you may, and you're stumped by it, your top five values, you may want to say, what is trying to emerge here? Have you learned enough, as Dr. Holmes says in the Science of Mind textbook, from struggle, pain, and suffering? Maybe not. Just one more day of it, and I'll have it. Or perhaps you have. But what are your top five values? Because if you don't have a dream, if you don't have a dream, how can your dream come true? If you don't give this infinite intelligence something to work with, it's just going to work with what you give it. And if you give it nothing, you get nothing back. We see it in our community as we talked about it. We have an opportunity here to do something that's significant and powerful. This season for nonviolence, I think, is a way for us to move out into the world. And, and so we, then we get to play in the, uh, in the question, not having to have the answers, what wants to emerge here as a result of stepping into this, as a, as a result of inviting people to participate in the Q process and integrating these shadow portions of ourselves so that all of a sudden when it shows up, I, was, I, I had a shadow experience this morning. We've been doing copies around here. If you notice, there's a lot of things happening. The bookstores change. We've got tables in the back. We're moving things around. Next week, it's going to look completely different again. But change is good. It takes us out of that, that memorized way of being. But I couldn't find any white paper to make copies on this size. And so I'm in the back, and I'm getting triggered. I'm going, where'd they put the white paper? They moved everything around. The offices have been remodeled. I can't find my white paper, and I've got to make copies. And I've got two talks a day. Now, one, on and on and on. And I'll tell you what, I was on a roll. And then I said, you better go do a, a cue sheet right now, buddy, because you're getting triggered. So I did my cue sheet, I did my forgiveness work, and I made copies on yellow paper. It was simple. <laughs> See how easy that is? All that stress and strain over white paper. I got all kinds of yellow paper back there. But, you know, and it's funny, but I tell you, it's true. But the neat thing is, is it realized that I didn't have to bring that energy, and I said, ah. Oh, I'm getting triggered about paper. I, would, I, I confronted Steve. I said, where'd the white paper go? And he kind of laughed at me. Well, we're out of it. 
Oh, oh, nobody told me, you know, on and on and on. It's like I should be, you know, hey, minister, write a white paper, memo. It all worked out. Life is good. But I'm just saying, so when you get cut off on the way home and it triggers you, what's to know here? Because, you know, it really is interesting. I mean, all of us did incarnate for a reason. We're all here together to bump into one another. And once you understand that, you realize, wow, we're just here to grow and learn and deepen. You see, when you understand who you are, which is getting back to these millennials, when you understand the perfection of who you are right now, with not having to have a certain thing in your life, if you're waiting for life to be perfect so you can be perfect, you're never going to get there. You might as well decide right here and right now, I am Linda, what's your middle name? Diane. Linda Diane. You don't like that middle name or what? You kind of said that as if you didn't like it, but there wasn't much joy in the Diane part. I'm Linda Joy. I'm Linda Diane Wolf, and I am perfect just the way I am. You're smiling now, aren't you? Yeah, sweet. But the point is, is if we wait, we're never going to get there. So it's taking that responsibility, understanding right where it doesn't mean we can't change and improve, but to to have a foundational understanding and integrity and self-love and self-care. I wrote in that Science of Mind article that will be out in March. Jesus gave us the model. He said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. He said it. How many of you love your enemies? It's a challenge of time, isn't it? To love our enemies. And it's not the enemies out there where we start. It's the enemies right in here. It's the people that we hold, the, the characters within us, the archetypes within us. The liar, the cheat, the thief. Whatever it may be that we've done in the past that has diminished our sins. It's like, hey man, get over it. We've all done it. It's not a secret club. We make peace with it now. We do our forgiveness work now. It's so simple and yet it's, we, it's so, and this is what happens with this Facebook stuff. You like, you didn't get a like, I put it up. Nobody liked it, nobody. You know, that whole thing where can you repost this for me? My Facebook friends seem to be diminishing. It's like, oh my gosh. Really? I love you. I love you. You don't need me to repost that. I mean, I don't even know how to do that stuff. Share this. Like, where do I share it? I guess if I cared more, I'd do more. But I just, to me, it's just a boondoggle. Because me reposting your post on Facebook so you can feel good about yourself is called, what's it called? Enabling. I'm just buying into this idea that you're not enough. And you'll be enough when I share your post. Hey, I love, I love the internet and all the good things about it, but boy, oh boy, we're depressing a whole generation of kids because they feel like they've got to show up perfect when they're already perfect. They're already perfect just the way they are. Just the way we are. Just the way you are. So your top five values. Give that some thought because bring them back next week. Bring your book back. Fill it in. If you find a, th- a sixth one you really like, negotiate with yourself. But bring it back next week because we're going to use this as a foundational piece for your mission statement. So if you don't have a dream, how can your dreams come true? Albert Einstein said, your imagination is a preview of life's coming attractions. Yeah. Isn't that great? All right. A goal is a dream set to paper. Don't just think it, ink it. There we go. A lot of text. I'll read it to you. First workshop I ever did as a minister when I went to candidate for another church, I went down to Sarasota, Florida, and I did a workshop called Write It Down and Make It Happen. Book 20 years ago. A beautiful book. <clears throat> but what it says is this. According to Dave Cole, professor emeritus at Virginia Tech, 
People who regularly write down their goals earn nine times much, nine times much over their lifetimes as people who don't. You want to increase your income? Write down your goals. Nine times more. Anybody here not want nine times more income this year? Just saying. I mean, that's the measurement he's using here. 80% of people in the United States and Canada say they don't have goals. You don't have a dream. How can that dream come true? 80% say they don't have goals. 16% say they, they do have goals, but they don't write them down. And less than 4% write down their goals, and fewer than 1% actually review them on an, on an ongoing basis. Guess which 1%? Yeah. Yeah. That little book you just spent a toonie on, that can be a book of possibility for you to write these things down. You know the neat thing about this, and, and, and Steve Sandy's been after me since we started reworking our, our strategic plan here. But he said, you know, what's going to drive this place is your personal vision. So I've been writing stuff down and putting it together and editing and, and, and changing. And then what Laura and I did on Friday, because it was our day off, almost our day off, close to a day off, is um, we went over to a coffee shop. So get yourself out of your environment to do this. Don't do it where you normally hang out. Go somewhere different. We went down, we sat down, let's write our goals down for 2018. We wrote them down. We did this before we came to Edmonton. And, and we would look back and we go, wow, look at that. We asked for this, got that. We went to Abhijanya with John of God. Not that there's anything magic about that, but you're in a spiritual environment. And I said some prayers there and I came back and I had a, almost an instantaneous demonstration of something that was life transformative but I was in the incubator of unconditional love. And I was open and receptive, and the, and the yes that I needed to hear was so available. And I won't get into the details of that, but when we write it down, it gives a potency. I think people don't write the stuff down because they're afraid they're gonna fail. Oh my God, I'm not gonna write it down. I might not get there because I'm a disappointment. Stop that. You are not a disappointment. You just haven't written it down and repeated it. That's why we're doing the mind movie uh, workshop for you so you can create your own mind movie to watch every day and memorize it. That's called revisiting your goals and dreams. If you don't repeat it, it ain't gonna happen. And then so we leave, we get angry and upset about something and that becomes the theme for our lives. And how can we expect anything different to show up when all, we're, all we are is upset? It can't. So less than 4% write down their goals and fewer than 1% actually review them on an ongoing basis. Guess which 1% does that? The 1%. Write your dreams down. When you write your dreams down based on your values, they become goals. They become goals. We're gonna, write, we're gonna start cracking open this mission statement, having your own mission statement for your life. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about choosing your mission. Let me give you a little preview of that, some of the neat stuff in this book. Choose your mission. Your life is worth a noble motive. Some examples of personal mission statements. Walt Disney. Walt Disney said, my mission in life is to make people happy. Pretty simple. I think he's done that. Eric Schmidt, CEO of Google. My mission is to collect all the world's information and make it accessible to everyone. Well, you may or may not like that, but that's what he's done. Anitra Freeman, artist. I believe creativity is the essence of being human. I believe I make myself, and I won't buy my soul off the rack. So she's going to be her own person, and true to that. 
And not what you think she should be or I think she should be, but who she is, the perfection she is, with all of its blemishes, which is the perfection. Phil Knight, founder of Nike. My mission is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Done that making shoes. And Rebecca Jones, rancher. My life mission is to protect and save early American farm animals such as the American guinea hog and the Ben Franklin turkey from extinction. So there's some mission statements. Our mission here, transforming lives. I have my own personal mission statement I'm working with, and I can do adapt it. I'm going to tell you, Steve Sandy said to me, your personal mission should make you cry. It should set you on fire, and it's non-negotiable, whatever it is. I love that, because it's so rich and it's so meaningful for you, and you know you have to do it. You know, I was a young, I was a young guy hanging out in the Midwest, and I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a famous actor. I just love that. That was, that was relief for me. I, would go, I could get away from the chaos in my life and I could go to the movies. And my mother hated the movies. She thought the movies were evil. My mother's a good, good, good woman. But I just had to, I, it was an escape for me. And so I dreamed my whole life I'm going to be an actor. And I went to Los Angeles and I pursued it. And it was amazing and it was so difficult and heartbreaking because you're always getting the door slammed in your face. You're always experiencing rejection. But man, it was the best thing I ever did. It was, my, it, was, it was my dream. I followed my dream. And what my dream did is it, it helped prepare me for my calling. I look back and I go, man, there was, there was like a plan here. It was a plan. And I went and I had success with it. And I realized this is so empty. This, this provides none of what I was looking for. But without that dream, I wouldn't have walked through the doorway to my calling. So there's no downside to it. Whatever your dream is today will take you somewhere beautiful and powerful and prepare you and equip you for something beautiful, something possible, something lovely. I want to just share with you something I shared at the first service because it is just so beautiful that Dr. Holmes wrote in the first chapter. If we try to find something difficult to grasp, then we shall never grasp it because we shall always think of it as being incomprehensible. The mind which we discover within us is the mind that governs everything. This is the thing itself, and we should recognize its simplicity. Let it work for us. Don't make it so hard. If there are things that are painful in your life that you, you, you're struggling with, let this infinite intelligence, what would my life look like without this? Who would I be without this problem to solve or this bias or prejudice I hold against myself? So next week when you come back, I've got a slide here that my sweetheart up there, my, my honey is working the slides today, Laura. Next Sunday is choose your mission. Your life is worth a noble motive. So give some thought to this this week. Play with these ideas. We're here to transform. Let's use our intelligent wisely. Let's play with this. Dr. Holmes says let's approach this with joy and a sense of peace and, and understanding. It's our opportunity to play in it. We don't have to do any of this stuff. We can continue to do having the same year over we had last year. No one's going to complain. You might complain, but no one else is going to care. Or we can start planting seeds now. We can start writing them down, adapting them, and changing them, editing, and it will transform us. It will transform us. So I look forward to seeing you next week when we get going on our mission statements. Blessings, and so it is.